have your Bibles uh, this morning. I'll, I, I'm done with my whining <laughs> trip. I'm glad y'all listened to me because y'all are forced to in a way. <laughs> but if you have your Bibles, uh, we'll be in the book of Psalms. Uh, Psalm, uh, one, uh, Psalm number 90 is where we'll be at today. Uh, whenever you get to Psalm 90, which should be pretty much dead center of your Bible almost, Psalm 90, uh, if you would stand to pay reverence to the reading of the Word of God this morning. Psalm 90, verse 10. Uh, the Word of God says this. It says, The days of our years are threescore years and ten, and if by reason of strength they be fourscore years, yet is their strength labor and sorrow, for it is soon cut off, and we fly away. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we once again, thank you for letting us come to the house of God this morning. We thank you for the many blessings you've placed on our lives. We thank you uh, for those in attendance, Lord. Where I ask you to bless those that are uh, within hearing distance, Lord, not from what I speak, Lord, but what you give us this morning. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. We thank you for uh, guidance, for leadership. We just ask that you continue to watch over this church. Uh, uh, watch over those ones that couldn't be here this morning for whatever reason. Uh, watch over those ones in the hospitals, the nursing homes, uh, uh, in different countries, Lord, fighting for our, our freedoms. And we just continue to thank you for our many blessings. In Jesus' name I ask, amen. You, uh, you can be seated this morning. Now, in the book of Psalm 90, uh, Psalm 90 is mostly considered to be written by Moses. Now, there are some arguments that says, well, this probably isn't Moses, but uh, there are way more that agree that this is written by Moses. So uh, let's think about uh, what Moses is writing. And I, I look at the New Living Translation. Uh, King James, you know, most of us, you know, we, we ain't used to saying score and, and thinking about some different things about how this is read. So let me just read the New Living Translation to you. It says, 70 years are given to us, some even, light, some even live to 80. But even the best years are filled with pain and trouble. Soon they disappear and we fly away. So that's a little easier for us to understand. We are blessed with so many years, but uh, they're going to be filled with pain and trouble. They're going to be difficult. We're going to have trials. We're going to have temptation. We're going to have all these different things that go on in our life. And I think that all of us know that. I've preached that probably more times than I can count, that we are going to have difficult situations in our life. But I think every one of us knows that time is a blessing for each and every one of us. I don't care if you're a king, a street sweeper, a cashier, an accountant, a president. I don't care what position you hold. You get 24 hours, and that's it. You get 24 hours a day to do what you need to do for the Lord, for your family, for your work, for, for all the different things that you have going on in your life. You get 24 hours. And the many necessities, the many opportunities, everything that we do, what, what do they need? They need time. So we have so many time, so much time, we've got 24 hours, and we have to decide within ourselves, uh, usually before the day starts, how much are we going to allot to doing certain things? And now I know that my wife gets frustrated at me because there's a lot of Saturdays I set aside time to do certain things. I have to get things done. On a Friday, I may have certain times that I want to do certain things. Uh, on Sunday afternoon, I may want to take a nap, and I need uh, two or three hours. Of course, I ain't got to take a nap in a while. My wife's looking at me funny. No, he ain't took a nap in a while. But I'd love to, <laughs> but that time is gone. I have to fill it with other things. I can do more things other than take a nap on Sundays, but... Each and every one of us has so much time. There has been studies done 
to figure out how much time we do little bitty things and we waste our time. Even in traffic, there is a, I've got statistics here wrote out that they estimate in our lifetime that we will sit at stoplights for six months of our lives. We'll sit at stoplights. For eight months, we will spend opening junk mail. (laughs) Isn't that sad? Wayne, thanks a lot for sending us all that junk mail. One year, we look for misplaced objects, and I think that I spend longer than that. (laughs) Kimberly does look three. I spend three, because every morning I spend 15 looking for my keys, okay? (laughs) We spend two years unsuccessfully returning phone calls. Isn't that crazy? We spend four years doing housework. That's probably too high for us. <laughs> but we spend five years waiting in line. We spend six years eating food, and I probably spend more than that. And all these things are to show us we spend a lot of time in our lifetimes doing things that do not matter. Now, these things that I just said, they're not important. They do not matter. We do not think about the time that we're spending doing them, but we do. And just as we spend so much time doing these things, and each one of us here today, I guarantee that we have given time and the same amount of hours each day. Each one of us has got those 24 hours. Unless you're living in some other universe I don't know about, you've got 24 hours the same as me. And we've got this same amount of time for each and every one of us. We've got to eat, we've got to sleep, we've got to do chores, we've got to do these little tasks. And, and as we start our journey into Christian stewardship... As we try to, uh, I don't want to say tithe our time because I think that's a bad terminology to use because we were never told to tithe time. Uh, All of our time is from God. We're blessed, same as with our money. But we have so much time to do these things. And we start out, I believe when we become a Christian and we want to rededicate our lives and we want to serve the Lord more, if you're a good steward, if you are worshiping the Lord, if you are not doing this, Lord help us. We look for more ways to serve God. Well, you should. Hey, if you're not looking for more ways to serve God, maybe I'm missing the point. You're missing something this morning from me this morning. We should be looking for more ways to serve the Lord. In the 90th Psalm here, the psalmist, which we, once again, I believe it's Moses, he's trying to tell us to be good stewards with time. In the 12th verse, it says, Teach us to number our days. Teach us to number these days that we may gain a heart of wisdom, that we may learn to use our time. We've only got this so much, and each one of us, I I believe we understand that on that tombstone out there, that when you're laid to rest, or we've got a year and and another year, and we've got a little dash in between, and you've probably heard this said before, what really matters is the dash. It doesn't matter when you were born, it doesn't matter when you died, it matters what happened in between those times. Your life is much more important than anything else. Your life, what you do. In a sense, when when Moses is writing this, he asks God for grace to allow him to number his days. He asks him, Lord, I need to find value in every day that you've given me. I need to find an importance with every day. How many of us have went through a whole day almost like a machine and you didn't even realize what even happened that day? Time just escaped. I've been sitting at work before doing something, maybe something just habitual or something over and over and over, just doing something, trying to get something right, and it's lunch. I said, how did it get lunchtime? And then we eat lunch, and then next thing, I'm going home. And then I'm going to a ball game, or then I'm going to go do this or do that. And the next thing I know, I'm in bed, and I have not served the Lord all day. How many of you guilty of that? You ain't got to raise your hand. Everybody's going to go up if I ask you to. 
we have missed the whole day and not served the Lord. I've gotten so busy, I haven't even prayed all day. I say, Zach, you a sinner. <laughs> I'm guilty. I am a sinner. I fall short just the same as everybody else in here does. But we are called to do certain things. Moses, teach me to number our days. Lord, please show me. Let me gain a heart of wisdom. And why do you think Moses was asking for a heart of wisdom? So he'd be smart enough to stop during the day and say, Thank you, Lord. Say, thank you, Lord, for what you blessed me with. Like I done said, I was mad all the way here. (laughs) I was fuming. I got my coffee. I got a little nicer. You know, I I got a little chipper. I got a little bit of energy. I started feeling pretty good, you know. And then when I got here, I was in a lot better mood, you know. Uh, But... I knew that I had done messed up. I, 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 when, I, <laughs> when we pulled up in the parking lot, I even looked over at Kimberly. When they told me to pull forward, I, I told her, I said, I wish I just, I just need to start asking when I pull up to the window, what do you have ready so I don't have to pull forward? <laughs> Aren't we guilty? Aren't we all guilty of not realizing what we're blessed with in our time? And Moses is saying, we need to realize what we're blessed with. Not only do we want to value each day, he wanted to give God time. He wanted God to give him wisdom to be able to see God move each day. God, show me and bless me. And Lord, I want to see you move and everything, apply it to make his life better. Isn't that what we want? We want our lives to be better, but we won't slow down enough to let God work in our lives. I want my Mondays when I go into work at the beginning of the week just to be great, but I don't want to allow God to have time in my life because I'm in a hurry. Because I've got to get here, I've got to get there, I've got to get to work, I've got to do the work, I've got to get this project done. I don't have time to wait. And we, we need to have that time. Now, we live in a fast-paced society. That's why I like, I didn't say this before, I like going to Mexican restaurants. You get instant satisfaction. You get chips and salsa. I get to eat as soon as I get in there. I don't have to wait. I like the instant gratification. We have credit cards that we can buy anything that we want to and pay for it later. We can get it now. We can get that fast food that, unfortunately, I have to pull forward half the time. But usually, you get it quickly when you go through it. We have a society that likes that. We have phones. We have text messages. We have emails. We have Zoom meetings. We have all these different things. We get instant answers, instant feedback, instant payment, whatever you want to do. And life is changing. And it has changed. If we ain't really changed and seen that, you, you, you might be living under a, a cave or something other, but life has changed. Instead of doing something that we cherish, it becomes a nuisance. Our days are so filled with so much that people look at Sunday mornings. It's a simple coming to services. We've got to work that in. Instead of working everything around serving the Lord, church becomes a hindrance in our lives. Isn't that sad? Well, we, we've got to get this done. We've got to get that done. We've got to get this here. And God has granted us the grace to get out of bed that morning. He's gave us air in our lungs. He's gave us a heart that's beating. He gives us a brain that's functioning. All these different blessings that God has just poured out on us. And we don't realize the blessing that we have to be able to worship it. Isn't that sad? If Cain and Abel's offerings were based on first fruits and principles, why shouldn't we give God the first option, the first opportunity? As soon as we get up, the opportunities that we give God to bless us in our lives. In Ephesians chapter 5, 
It reveals God's expectations. And I implore you to go and mark Ephesians chapter 5. It's a, it's a wonderful uh, chapter. But it talks about God's expectations for relation to time. In the New King James, it says this. It says, See that you walk circumspectfully, not as fools, but as wise, returning the time because the days are evil. And that's verse 15 and verse 16 of chapter 5 of, of Ephesians. And it says a few words that we want to take some time this morning thinking about, and that's circumspectly. Walk circumspectly. And if, if we are to walk circumspectly, and it's hard for me to get that word out of my mouth, but circumspectly, the English word circumspect comes from the Latin. And the Latin word means to get on our hands and on our feet and be very watchful, be very wary. It's getting down and making sure that everything's in a certain order. Making sure that you're watching really closely. And, but when we get over to the original Greek, and I won't try to pronounce the Greek. It's written out on my notes, but I'm, I'm not going to try to pronounce it. Uh, but it means correctly. The original Greek means to do it accurately, consistently, perfectly. We who have been saved, we have received the truth. What are we to be? We are to be careful. We are trying to be perfect, to be watchful, to make sure that what we are doing is correct to be careful with our conduct, to be careful how we act. I done went back to this morning. I don't believe God would have been very happy with how I acted this morning. I know he's not. My wife's grinning like a possum. Yeah, he wasn't acting good at all. You should have seen him acting like a fool in the car. Yeah, it's fine. I made mistakes. Hey, hey, y'all ain't perfect neither. I guarantee y'all get mad. Pitch little hissy fits just like me. But praise the Lord, I've been blessed with this day. I've been blessed with the week that I've already lived before this. When asked what the greatest commandment was, we studied it already in Sunday school. What's the greatest commandment? He said, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like this, love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. You'll find that in Matthew 22, 27 through 40. And I want you to know something. If we are walking circumspectly, if we are walking carefully, if we are trying to make sure that we are following God's law and doing what He asks us to do, we should, have, we should faithfully serve God when we have the time to do it. And we have to ask ourselves, have we shown God to those around us? Have we? In our busyness, and our time, that everything's going on, we've already talked about how times are changing. We neglect to talk about a God that you cannot see. How difficult is it to talk about somebody that you can't see? It becomes difficult for a lot of us. When we go through a whole day with our unseen God, or maybe you've been in a situation where you had an early doctor's appointment, or you didn't have any time to waste, you had to get there early, you didn't have your morning prayer. You had so much going on that you had to get home, get this done, cut the grass, whatever you got to do in your life, and you forget to praise the Lord. We neglect to pray. We neglect to have devotion time. We neglect to study God's Word every week. We make mistakes. There are churches in parts of the world that I want you to realize something. They give over two hours every day to serve the Lord, you see. Zach, I don't have two hours every day to come to church. I'm not asking you to, but I want you to realize other parts of the world spend more time dedicating it to God. You know how much time the average person spends in prayer during the week? I read that statistic too. Fifteen minutes. Fifteen minutes a week we spend in prayer. And I, I'll be honest, I have probably had weeks I've spent less. So Zach, 
sinner. I know I am. I know that I've fallen short. And you today, you may have spent a whole lot less time. You may spend none. I don't know what your life is like. But God has blessed us, and we need to realize, this is Moses is asking here in this Psalms chapter 90, we need to number our days, realize the value of the time that God has blessed us with. So many times I don't realize the value of this time I've got. The little bit of time I have to witness, the little bit of time I have to preach, to study, uh, to serve. Every day I'm losing time. I'm getting older. And I want to live forever like I start off saying, but I ain't. One of these days I'm going to die. One of these days I'm going to have to stand before Jesus. And Jesus is going to say, got mad getting that Dunkin' Donuts coffee the other day, didn't you? I did. Didn't really be a good witness for me, did you? Nope. How can we serve the Lord? Every, every minute, every second is valuable. We should be investing in the people around us. We should be investing in our family. We should be investing in our church. We should be spending time and doing certain things with, with, with not, not only just our, our husband or our, our, our wives or our, or our friends and families and kids. We, we have to have all this time. I don't believe my wife likes it one bit when I'm cranky when I've been at work. And something's annoyed me, and I come in with the complaint department. Don't, don't, I ain't going to pretend like I'm the only one she does it to. She comes in, and I'm the complaint department. She has to come in and tell me everything that went bad at work, and I have to sit there and take it. And then every now and then I come in, I'm giving her the complaints. I had to do this and put up with that, and I had to uh, see so-and-so. Boy, I didn't want to do that. And do, you, do you think that I enjoy listening to her complaints? No. Do I think that she enjoys listening to my complaints? Oh, do we ruin each other's afternoons when we do that? Kim, we do. <laughs> it's not fun. We have to come home, and most we don't do that very often, but most of the time we come home and we need to spend it devoting it to each other, spending time with each other, cooking with each other, loving each other, telling each other the good things that happen during the day. That's better, isn't it? Is it better to talk about the good thing? Did y'all enjoy me coming up here and whining for the first five minutes about my morning? You didn't, did you? You're probably thinking, where is this going? <laughs> we got so much time here, Pastor. We got to get out of here and get, get to lunch. But in my life, I have found that the quality time I invest in God and the quality time I invest in my family always makes things better. I'm telling you right now, church, spending time with our family and with God the, the top two things that should be on your list, serving God and, and serving your family, being with them, it's right there. Everything else, whoo, way down here. Doesn't matter. Love your family, love God. Love God, love your family. Love God, love your family. That's all they ask us to do. Love your neighbors, that's going beyond your family. Love everybody. Everything else, take care of itself is what Jesus said. Everything else, all the laws tied to these two. In my life, I found that this quality time affects my day. In Psalm 90, it tells us that life is short. We must prioritize what we do. I've read a story a while back. It was talking about a man that planted a church. And he had two children. He had one on the way. And he spent a lot of time in this church because he had planted this church. He wanted to see the church grow. And in so many ways, he said to God, God, I'm going to grow your church. You take care of my family. That's what he said. But then later, as he studied, he came across the scriptures as love your wives as Christ has loved the church. 
And as he got to that piece of Scripture, he said, God, I'm not going to grow your church anymore. I'm not going to focus on the church. I'm going to focus on my wife. Because God's Word shows us that He will grow the church. He will add unto the church daily as He sees fit. And I'm supposed to love my wife. So as that pastor was planning a church and having all this time investing in the church, he said, I'm going to stop this. I'm going to love my wife and God will take care of the church. And guess what happened? He spent more time loving his wife, spending time with his wife. Uh, his wife he, he went to his wife and asked her, he said, what do you need from me in the middle of that church plant? She said, I need you home at 4 to 6 to feed these kids, to get them to bed and take care of everything. He started doing that. His family got better. His family got closer to God. And what happened to the church? The church grew because he quit trying to control what was going on with the church. We have to realize that our time is valuable. Our time is important. He learned that he had to be a man of God, and he called him to be both the leader of the church and the leader of his family. We can't neglect. We have to do both things. We have to serve the Lord. And as we continue to do those things, we need to redeem our time. The days are evil, the Word of God says. There are too many things out there that will rob you of your time. There are. I got plenty of things robbing my time. Every week, almost every day, we're getting our time robbed from us. We're getting too busy. And you know what? Satan loves it. Satan loves to rob your time. Satan loves it when you can't find a pair of pants to get them on and get it to work on time. Satan loves it every morning when I lose my keys. And I'm getting better. I'm setting them on my nightstand and my wife ain't had to help me too much to find my keys. Because I'm putting them in the same spot every night. Or I try to. I ain't saying I do it every day. But every now and then I, I can't find my wallet. <laughs> we have to redeem those times. We have to ask God, God help us. That we can focus on you. That we can stop wasting time. That You better believe that Satan wants to pull you out of church. Satan wants to pull you out of prayer. He wants to pull you out of your Bible study. He wants to pull you out of devotion. I'll ask you this morning. What's God, what, what is Satan pulling you out of? He's trying. And he probably is every day successfully taking time from you. Whether it be arguing about something, whining about something like I was just doing a while ago. Uh, whatever. We have to ask ourselves, what is God Blessing us with in our time. As they come get a verse of some song reader this morning, I want you to take a look at your life and ask yourself, are you too busy? Are you denying God the best that you can be? Are you robbing family? Are you robbing friends? Are you robbing your church? Are you taking away blessings because you need to back up and you got too much going on? Take a careful look at your life. We are all given 24 hours each and every day. Each and every day, I've got those 24 hours, and I can choose to take naps. I can choose to goof off. I can choose to shoot guns. I can choose to whatever. We have to decide what we're going to spend our 24 hours doing. Are we going to pray? Are we going to study? Are we going to seek God's guidance? Are we going to ask Him to help our church? Are we going to ask Him to help our family? Or are we going to watch Netflix? Are we going to watch TV? Are we going to focus on something else? What are you spending your time doing this morning? As we stand and sing, what page you got?